Hello, my name is Gavin Monsano, and I am in 12th grade at Sarasota High School. Our scripture passage today comes from the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John, beginning with the first verse. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If there were not so, would I have told you that I would go prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you will all, may also be. And you will know the, place, the way to the place where I am going, Thomas said to him. Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, have I not been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If, you do, if in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Gavin. Well, there's no such thing as a snowbird season in this service. <laughs> it keeps on growing. <clears throat> well, let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. As human beings, we are in constant need of instructions of just about everything. And instructions come in all formats. A mentor and pastor friend of mine is slowly preparing to downsize from his large home, and his library is filled with treasures for a new pastor like me who has yet to fill up her shelves with something other than music books. After filling up box after box of these precious books, my husband and I soon realized that there would not be a space for them in our home. And a decision was made to purchase a couple of bookcases. I did something that I had not done in a long time, something I had promised myself I would not do again after the age of 40. But I mean, where would be the best place to get a bookshelf? IKEA. IKEA furniture filled our home when we were starting out as a young couple. We spent many evenings and weekends assembling furniture in our early married days. It's incredibly inexpensive, it is sharp looking, but let's face it, furniture from IKEA is a big test on marriage. There are, it seems, 80 steps required to put a bookshelf together, 
navigating through the unclear instructions, assembling and disassembling parts because of mistakes and using the wrong screws or putting a panel upside down, and all of it will test patience and love. I have reflected about having to eventually perform a wedding ceremony, and after evaluating the marriage preparation material, which is good, of course, I will, in addition, suggest that all couples have an IKEA building project as part of the premarital counseling class. They will know right there and then if they are compatible. Our couple survived the IKEA season, thank God. With the progress we've made in general with our careers, we eventually decided in our middle age that picking something out of a furniture store and having it delivered would be the thing to do and the best use of our time. No more relationship tests needed. But you know, IKEA is like childbirth. It's horribly painful when you go through the process, but when it's over, you forget the pain and enjoy the results. So after a moment of weakness of my part, and after browsing the online catalog, my daughter and I headed to Tampa and picked up the eight large boxes for our new bookcases. And then the memories came flooding in. As soon as I opened the lengthy manual filled with simple figures and drawings and without a single word, I was hoping for, pro from, for some progress from the Swedish company in terms of instructions in the last 20 years. Well, I'm happy to report that we survived the building process once more, though it helps to have a young adult in the house to farm out most of the work to. However, if anyone hears me talking about going to that store one more time, you have permission to slash my car tires. No more. The Swedes surely have their ways of handing out instructions. I'm a big fan of the outdoors and especially of national parks. We love visiting national parks when we travel, and as I was looking for information about Zion in Utah a few months back, I stumbled on the National Park Service Twitter page. I was looking for information on trails, and I was a bit stunned by the style of their posts. One tweet reads, if you come across a bear, never push a slower friend down, even if you feel the friendship has run its course. Well, that grabbed my attention. Fortunately, a follow-up tweet gave the instructions on safety tips when encountering a bear. So they regularly post many tweets of that nature. At first, they're silly and attention-grabbing, keeping readers on their toes, but finally, directing them to helpful instructions. Instructions come in all shapes and forms. If my daughters were to remember anything from my parenting instructions, something that I have repeated to them over and over when they were growing up and facing decisions, it would be these words. In life, there are many paths. The easy paths are the fast ones, but often not the best ones. The harder and longer path is usually the one that leads to a good reward. I've said this when we talked about class choices, when we talked about school projects, when we talked about careers, about potential friends that seemed a little too clingy too quickly, who had a lot of fun, but it was because they were experimenting very early with, with drugs and drinking. 
I still would love to give them this advice to my precious adult daughters, but I let them choose their own paths nowadays. They've heard this enough from me. I hope that little voice always rings in the back of their head when it's decision-making time. It reminds me of the poem, The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. Here's the last verse. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. When it comes to being a Christian, are there clear instructions to follow? How complicated is it to build our faith? Where do we get our instructions from? Jesus gave life instructions to his disciples, saying that he was the way, the truth, and the life. These words are some of the most recognizable words from scriptures, quoted so many times, even non-Christians are familiar with them. In this time following Easter, in the passages we've been reading in this season of Eastertide, notice that we're going over the instructions from Jesus reviewing the teachings to the disciples on how to be followers of Christ. I wonder how Thomas received the answer to this question. Thomas asked, Lord, we do not know where we're going. How can we know the way? I am the way, the truth, and the life is the answer. This, my friends, might feel a little bit like IKEA instructions for some of us. What is the way? What's the truth? And what about life? The way is created by Jesus who destroyed the wall that divided humanity from God. It's literal and physical because the way can only exist through the suffering and death of Christ. The way is the mode in which Christianity becomes accessible, where people can live and participate in this way of life. The truth, well, the truth is a reality. Now that this existence and participation in God are confirmed, and since God has been revealed through Christ in the flesh, Jesus is the only lens that we Christians get to use to see the world, the only light we receive that illuminates our path. Through him, the falsehood that distorts humanity in relation to God is denied since he is the truth. And Jesus is the life, the source that makes Christian, uh, that makes Christian existence possible. He has made all of creation. There is no more life and death. There is only the present life and the life to come. Jesus became victor over the greatest enemy that we have, which is death. The way, the truth, and the life. Easy enough to follow these instructions. Well, by judging my friend's large collection of books, which is completely different from the large collection of books that we find on Pastor Steve's shelves, and after spending three summers in a seminary in libraries, it is clear that a lot of people try to explain a lot of things. 
there's just so much written about what it means to be a Christian. And this is not new. The idea of a rule of faith appeared as early as the second century with writers such as Tertullian and Irenaeus being eager to promote truths that would eventually find their way into the early creeds. Around the year 400, Augustine of Hippo wrote, Instructing beginners, beginners in Faith, a guide written as a response to a request from those who wanted to be introduced to faith. John Calvin also wrote Instruction in Faith in 1537, a reformed instruction book on how to be a Christian. And there are many, many, many more. I can easily fall in the trap of thinking that I will fully know God only when I get through all the books. And there's just so many to read. But you know, Jesus did not write a book about faith. Jesus spoke. Jesus acted. Jesus demonstrated how. And that might just be enough. All can know God. I read a testimony of a man who had been sentenced to 27 years in prison at the young age of 24. That was a long time ago. And the man killed a relative who had been abusive. The typical use of drugs and drinking had been into play. And prison didn't make him any better. He was careless, ruthless. He had very little compassion for the world. He got himself in more trouble, which landed him in solitary confinement for a long time. There was just no hope for him. He had a Bible in his cell, but it was covered in thick dust. One day he said, Lord, I know there's peace in them words, and man, I need some peace. I'm just sick in my heart. And he said, but Lord, that Bible, it's kind of hard to understand. If I had something to help me understand it, I'd try to read it. And then the very next day, he received a manila envelope in the mail, and in it was a book, Knowing and Experiencing God, How to Understand Your Bible. It had been sent randomly by a family member who had been praying for him. So he knew that God had heard him. This led him to completely change his ways because he suddenly followed the way, the truth, and the life. And while reading helped him change his thoughts, putting them into practice was definitely harder. But he learned to self-sacrifice, to put his prison peers ahead of himself. He shared the word of God. He turned himself completely to God. He found the way, the truth, and the life. And today he continues to dedicate himself to God now that he has been released early after ser serving 17 years instead of 27 because of good conduct. And he got married and had a child, and he continues to minister to others. He said, One of the reasons nobody gets to see the miracles of God is because they don't put their full trust in him. Learn to trust him. Put your faith in him. He'll provide for you, man. And he won't just provide for you. He'll bless your socks off. But you got to trust him. 
As we grow in our faith, step by step, we realize sometimes that we think there are parts missing to our Christian building projects. We sometimes are really good at feeding the hungry when we volunteer in the food pantry, but we want to keep our eyes only on the ones who respect the boundaries of our country. In Christ, there is no east or west does not always apply to those we choose to feed. We love our neighbor by tutoring, and our actual neighbor puts the wrong political lawn sign in his yard, and we actually can't stand him. There's just no chance of loving that neighbor. We vouch for world peace, yet we all have the one family member that challenges us, one that we believe might be best if they wouldn't be part of the family clan. But friends, there are no missing parts in the kit that we receive. They're all there. They're ready for us to use. We just have to learn to use all the tools to dig deeper when it's not happening easily. And the instructions are easy to follow. Jesus teaches us through his life on earth, through the cross, and through his resurrection to love one another, to love God, to continually grow in our faith and to trust in God's love for us. And we have all the instructions we need to have a life in faith. Just follow these simple instructions. Love God, love neighbor. Remember that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And you just know that God will bless your socks off. Let us pray. For inviting us in this Christian life, we thank you, O oh God. We give you thanks for the way that leads to you, for that lens of truth that excludes no one, and for that promise of life that has conquered death for all who believe in you. May we invite more people to know the way, the truth, and the life. The world needs you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.